What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to lucky, hopefully, week number seven of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2019-2020 NFL regular season and postseason, and we might as well subtitle this episode, Don't Think, Just Pick. And before we get into absolutely anything, a little bit of a disclaimer. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me post this this morning. Um, due in no small part to the Canadian Thanksgiving holiday, which just passed us by, and to all my Canadian listeners and viewers and friends, I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday. But due in no small part to that, the vast majority of my work week this week has all been pushed into the next couple of days and wouldn't you know who won the pony those are my recording days so at least for this week and hopefully just for this week um the episodes are going to be brief at least brief by my standards briefer than they normally are and uh, we're going to take this today and have a little bit of fun with it which i will explain a little bit later in the episode but Expect a couple of slightly shorter episodes for the NFL and CFL shows this week. Last week, yet again, I only really did okay. Like, I did all right. I was 8-6 and six straight up. That's not exactly where I want to be straight up. But 8-6 and six straight up has me 51-40-1 on the season. And based on where a lot of other people are, like, I don't think I'm doing terribly, but I'm doing terribly by my own standards, which is what I judge this on. So 51 and 40 straight up. Also went 8 and 6 against the spread last week. So that's not exactly the greatest for my uh, my proclamation from last week that I either get back to 500 in uh, the next, well, it would be three weeks now or uh, or face a, uh, a food-related heat punishment. So I was only 8 and 6. That only has me 38, 53, and 1 against the spread so far on the season. Over under, I was underwater last week. 5, 8, and 1 has me 42, 48, and 2 on the totals this season, but at the very least, still within striking distance. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from last week were good straight up and not anywhere else. Uh, straight up went 3-1. and one. Against the spread, I only got my platinum play, which was the New England Patriots minus the 16 and a half they covered that with relative ease i went 0 and 4 on the totals i missed all of them and even got the bronze pick wrong straight up because whatever the dallas cowboys were choosing to do last week against the new york jets uh whatever that was by the way um Dallas don't uh, don't do that again I actually completely whiffed on the bronze pick missed it straight up missed it against the spread missed it on the total Checking in on the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools. Bridgewater's Finest pool, I've now moved up inside the top 15, all alone in 14th place out of 37, 476 out of 753 possible confidence points on the season. That's a clip of 63% and getting a little better. In week six, brought in 68 of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 65%. Would have been a lot better were it not for the Dallas Cowboys having an aneurysm apparently shout out to our week six winner second week in a row i get to call this gentleman's name matthew parker 72 again longtime twitter follower and uh, and a friend of mine matthew parker 72 goes 10 and 4 last week 
brought in 73 of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 70%. It's not very often we see back-to-back weak winners around here, and Matthew has just put his name on that short list. Matthew wins week six. Justin V remains the overall leader in the pool, 58, 33, and 1 overall on the season, 529 out of 753 possible confidence points, a championship clip of 70%. This is still very, very, very much attainable. Like, there you go, the top 15, at least, are within about 7 percentage points of each other, so it, it is still very, very, very much anybody's game for anybody in that group. NFL YouTube prognosticators pool, I sit now in a tie for 19th out of 36, so I have pulled myself up inside the top 20, which is nice. Uh, 51 correct straight-up picks of the 92 games played so far this season, and that, of course, includes the tie earlier this year. That's only a clip of 55%, and it's obviously a far ways away from where I want to be. But in week six, I did bring in eight of the 14 games correct. That's a clip of 57%. Shout out to our week six co-winners, Rob's winning picks and TC. They both went 10 and four in week six. That is an excellent week anytime you get to double digits. That's a clip of 71% for week six. Good enough for the both of them to share the win in week six. Rel Eagles fly. TJ Harmon remains our overall leader and is now our overall leader all alone. 58 correct straight up picks out of the 92 games played so far. That's only a clip of 63%. So I mean, the best people in this community are only clicking around at 63% straight up. And uh, obviously, uh, a lot of us need to look in the mirror and say like, hey, we need to be better at this. This will unfortunately also be the last time you hear me talk about the survival pool until it is over because your boy did not survive because of the Dallas Cowboys. So I am now dead in that survival pool with two strikes. Uh, about half the pool remains 17 out of 35, but 10 of those 17 have a single strike. So they are, like I was last week, teetering on the edge. First three weeks was great. Seattle, Baltimore, Buffalo, things were gangbusters. Then the Rams in week four, that didn't work out. Got Philly last week, or two weeks ago, which was great. And then last week took Dallas, and I don't know what the hell that was. So, uh, look, we, we went out on two teams that should be very, very good in the Rams and the Cowboys, and two teams that have been very, very average lately. So, you know what? That's all I can say. We're out. Taking a peek into Fantasy Corner to see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week six action. And it was actually a pretty average, okay week for fantasy too. After, you know, a couple of real gangbusters, something like six and two and seven and one or something like that. Only went five and three across my eight fantasy teams last week. But I did pick up the two most important wins, which are the wins in the dynasty pools. In the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, picked up the win over Stephen Coleman, Half Moon's Picks. That has me at 4-2. and two. Now, last week, I claimed that I was 4-1, and one, which at the time of recording, I was. Then a very, 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 very late stat correction came down, and my matchup with Gavin tanking for Tua was so close that the late stat correction actually caused Gavin to win that matchup. So I quoted myself at four and one uh, last week, which was unfortunately proven incorrect after that stat correction. So now with the win, I'm at four and two. I'm in fifth place out of the 12 people in that pool, still feeling fairly good about my team. 
I have a Week 7 matchup in that league coming up against Jimmy Brunt. It's a projected win for me, and uh, Jimmy has uh, had some issues over the last couple of seasons not having a very successful team, but this season has really turned it around and is one of the better teams in the league. So that's going to be a heck of a matchup there, and if anybody had said that last season, I think they'd have to, you know, it was like, oh, well, really? But uh, look, it's going to be a heck of a matchup, and I'm looking forward to it. In the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, the matchup of the unbeatens, and there is only one unbeaten now, and it's this guy. Picked up the win over Blind Canadian Cats. That has me 6-0. I am now all alone, undefeated, the last undefeated team in the league at 6-0, first place out of 12. And I got a Week 7 matchup against Threat Level Midnight, who's a relatively new person to the pool. But right now, it's a projected loss for me by about 7 or 8 points. Haven't actually looked at the lineups for next week, so obviously have quite a bit of work to do there. But Half Moon's Picks and Blind Canadian Cats, thank you for the matchups in Week 6. And we got some Week 7 business to take care of between myself, Jimmy Brunt, and Threat Level Midnight. And this is the point in the episode that you all know and love, the point that I tell you to go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts like this one and find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week seven in the NFL, all of the information on joining either the Bridgewater's Finest or official NFL YouTube prognosticators, pick'em pools, which it is never too late to join those pools and maybe get yourself shouted out on the show, shouted out on the show, which is what I was going for there. You can find information there on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page where we talk football all week long and it's an excellent little community. And you can also find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. NerdTees.ca, you're going to want to hit that promo code BWFINEST and that is going to save you 15% at checkout and you're going to get free shipping if you live in the Great White North on any order over 75 bucks. If you don't live in the Great White North, haha, you still have to wait another month for Thanksgiving, but... At the very least, if you go to nerdtees.ca, two clicks of a button, everything is in U.S. dollars for you, and you get an excellent conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Today's blend is golden apple spice, and it is helping me feel a little bit better. I've been feeling a little run down, a little under the weather since I got back from vacation, actually, so we're talking a couple of weeks now. But uh, this is certainly helping me feel better. Smells fantastic, like an apple pie, like a bakery in this place. It is delicious. Nerdtees.ca. Promo code BWFINEST, save that 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love just in time for Christmas. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. 14 games in the National Football League this week. We've got Carolina, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh on the bye. And here's the gimmick that I mentioned a little bit earlier. You've made it this far, might as well stick it through. I am putting myself on a timer like a literal timer, I have my cell phone beside me. I'm giving myself a time limit of 60 seconds, ambitious I know, 60 seconds to intro the game and talk about it a little bit and get my straight up pick out to you. I have to do that in 60 seconds or less. If I go over 60 seconds, boom, pencils down, done talking, straight up pick immediately. But that's what I'm shooting for. I'm shooting for 60 seconds to preview the game and get the pick out. Then we'll do the spread pick 
and the total pick. It's going to cut down on my time a little bit. And like I say, I'm under pretty heavy constraints this week. This is certainly not the way it's going to go normally, but this week we're kind of a slave to the schedule from other places. So with that in mind, let's get going. By the way, when my time is up, you're going to hear this in the background. That's your signal. All right, we're going to kick things off in Denver. Broncos playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a matchup of the AFC West and two teams going in opposite directions. You got the Chiefs who have lost two straight games. The Broncos who have won two in a row. Chiefs obviously losing to the Texans last week. And I mean, the Broncos pitched a shutout on their home field against Tennessee. Tennessee benching Marcus Mariota. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Tyreek Hill is back for the Chiefs. Had two touchdowns in that game. I think that's really going to make all the difference in the world here. I can't see any scenario where the Chiefs are a bad enough football team that they're going to lose three straight games at any point this season. I realize that defense has problems, but when you got a team in Denver that struggles to put up points, I think they're going to be okay here. I'm going to lean on the Chiefs here, even though the game is in Denver. Let's take Kansas City to beat the Broncos. For the record, I did that in 56 seconds flat. On the line here, the Broncos are a three and a half point dog at home. And again, I just legitimately feel like you're not going to get the Chiefs at this number very often, even with that defense playing not as not good as it has been. But uh, it's under a touchdown, and I think that's a relatively a relatively solid indicator of the difference between these two teams. So I'm going to lay those points, even though they're on the road. Let's take the Chiefs minus three and a half in Denver. Total in the game is set at 49 points. I've got this capped around a mid 40, so it's going to approach this number, but I do still think it stays under on this total. So we are going to stay under 49 points in Kansas City, Denver. Let's go Chiefs 26, Broncos 21. Let's go to Atlanta now for Falcons. Rams basically could call this the battle of the underwhelming. I think both of these teams are not where they expected to be six weeks into the season. Falcons have lost four straight games, sit at one and five on the season, and it's really been the defense that's let them down. The offense is certainly not where they want it to be, but they've given up 186 points in six games. They are pretty much the worst defense, scoring defense in that division, and they're in a division need I remind you with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Rams at three and three they're scoring some points the defense needs to play a little better they've lost three in a row somebody here has got to win I'm gonna err on the side of who I legitimately think is the better football team and I just gotta believe that that's the Los Angeles Rams even though the game is in Atlanta we're starting off with road winners again I'm gonna take the Rams in Atlanta to hang a loss on the Falcons. On the line, similarly with the last game, uh, the Falcons at home are a three-point dog, so you only have to lay three points on the Rams if you legitimately think they're the better football team like I do. I think I got to take that. It's a relatively small price to pay. I'm going to lay those three points. We're going to take the Los Angeles Rams minus three at Atlanta. Total in the game set at 54 points. I've got this thing capped at a high 50, maybe pushing a 60. So I feel pretty good about telling you to take the over in this one. We're going to go over 54 points in LA Atlanta. Let's go Rams 32, Falcons 27. 
Let's go to Detroit now where the Lions will face their second consecutive division opponent, although at least this time they get to play the game at home. The Lions at home taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit obviously coming into this game on the short week, having played on Monday Night Football last night, and uh, to listen to most people talk, basically getting screwed out of that game in Green Bay. Um, Minnesota, 4-2. and two. They're playing excellent football right now. Winners of two straight games. Last week, a convincing three-possession victory against the Philadelphia Eagles. That was in Minnesota. I just, again, it's another situation where I'm going to err on the side of the better overall football team. I don't necessarily know that that game with Detroit was as close as it was last night because of the good things that Detroit did. It was, I felt, a lot of what Green Bay gave the Detroit Lions in not playing well defensively. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this one. Let's take the Vikes on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. Ah, you probably heard that right at the end there. I pushed that one minute right to the boundary. So against the spread, the Lions are a one-point favorite at home, which I don't particularly understand right now. And I would expect by the time this game kicks off, that number will have probably reversed itself. I can see a lot of people on the Minnesota Vikings in this game like I am. So obviously I'm going to take that single point and say thank you very much. I like the Vikings to win. Let's take Minnesota plus one. Total in the game set at 44 points. I think this is pretty close to a perfect total. I capped this right around this spot. It's kind of a coin flip. I'm going to tell you to go over on it just because I don't really feel like sweating a 44. So I'm going to tell you to take over 44 points in Minnesota, Detroit. We're going to go Minnesota 28, Detroit 17. Clearly, I don't think this game is particularly close. Speaking of the aforementioned Packers, we are going to stay in Green Bay at Lambeau Field where the Packers are going to play host to the Oakland Raiders. Oakland coming into this game off of their bye from last week. Green Bay, like Detroit, on the short week this week, uh, having played last night. And I really was not all that impressed with my team, my Green Bay Packers. Yes, they got the win. They're at 5-1. and one. They've won two straight games. But man, the, the what they gave Detroit, especially in that first half, I think they were lucky that they went into halftime with that game as close as it was. I'm kind of surprised Detroit wasn't running away with the thing. The Raiders are winners of two straight games here, and it's two games that I did not expect them to win. That was at Indianapolis in Week 4, and then at home against Chicago in Week 5. They won both of those games, went into their bye. Might have been the worst thing for them to go into their bye week on that kind of momentum. I gotta believe that defense probably not gonna hold up to Green Bay. We're gonna dismiss that first. I'm gonna take the Packers at home to beat Oakland. On the line, Packers are favored by six and a half points at home. And based on the team that I just watched on Monday Night Football last night, I don't think I would lay six and a half points on them to a lot of teams in this league, especially not a team that's just coming off their bye, will be well rested, especially coming off of winning two straight games. So I think I've got a hedge on this one. I think that's too many points for me. I'm going to have to go Oakland plus six and a half, even though I know that Aaron Rodgers, especially if he gets Devontae Adams back, should be able to shred that defense. But I don't know. Six and a half points strikes me as too many. Total in the game set at 46 and a half. Another pretty close to perfect total. I think it's going to be right around this. I'm going to tell you to lean over on it once again because I don't really want to sweat that 46 and a half staying under. We're going to go over by the slightest of margins 
on 46 and a half points in Green Bay, Oakland. We're going to go Packers 24, Oakland 23. Packers win by a single point for the second straight week. Let's go to Indianapolis now where the Colts are coming into a game off their bye. They get to play at home against a Houston Texans team that is playing their second straight game on the road. Coming off of a win last week that not a lot of people said they were going to get. On the road in Kansas City, they win that game by a touchdown. Colts won their last time out, then got to go into their bye. Should be healthy, should be well rested. I actually kind of like the Colts in this spot. I think simply because you look at the Houston Texans, they are 2-1 and one on the road this season. They have won two straight games. It's a division matchup. Anything can happen, but I'm kind of skewing on the home team here. Colts will likely have to lean on their defense here a little heavier than maybe they normally would. The Texans can really put up points. They've shown that so far this season, 162 in just six games. But the Colts had the extra week to prepare for this specifically. Let's take Indianapolis at home to beat Houston. On the line, the Colts are just a single point favorite at home. So I like them to win. It's basically the smallest amount to pay. So we're going to take the Colts and lay that single point. Total in the game set at 48 points. I've got this thing capped at like a low 50. I think this gets over. It's it's a relatively close number, but I think it's enough for me to tell you to go over on the 48-point total in Indianapolis, Houston. Let's go Colts 27, Texans 25. Let's go to New York now for Giants Cardinals. And I think it might be time where we got to start putting at least a little bit of respect on the Arizona Cardinals name, at the very least on the offensive side. This is still a defense that that really can't do anything. But the offense is more than capable of scoring points on a suspect defense. I think you'd have to label the Giants as a suspect defense. And the Cardinals proved they could do it last week against Atlanta, coming back and winning that game by a single point. For the Giants, they're kind of the walking dead. Like, which one of these injured players is actually going to be able to make it on the field for this game? You're talking about Saquon might be back, but no guarantee. Evan Ingram might be back, no guarantee. Wayne Gallman might be back, no guarantee. Sterling Shepard is still in concussion protocol. If none of those players can play, I think this is a ripe opportunity for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to take the cards on the road in New York to beat the Giants. On the line, the Giants are favored by three full points at home, and I totally understand that. They're coming into the game on the long week, so they're a little extra rested having played on Thursday night. Of course, they got absolutely walloped by the Patriots, but still, they had a couple of extra days to to rest up from that. So I get why the Giants are three-point favorites, but if I'm going to take the upset here, I'm going to take the upset. I like the Cardinals to win, so we're going to take those three points and take Arizona plus three. Total in the game set at 49.5 points. I've got this capped at like a high 50, much less a high 40. So I think this thing sails over. Neither one of these defenses is very good. So let's see some points, folks. Let's go over 49.5 points in New York, Arizona. We're going to go Cardinals 30, Giants 28. Let's go to Tennessee now where the Titans are going to play host to the Los Angeles Chargers and of injury note for the Tennessee Titans linebacker Jayon Brown left that game last week against the Broncos. He did not return much like Marcus Mariota did not return but I mean Jayon Brown would be a significant loss for that Titans defense at the one of the interior linebacker positions. Tennessee obviously not playing at all where certainly the offense expects it to be. Mariota got benched. Ryan Tannehill comes in. They still get shut out 
against Denver. I'm not very high on the Titans right now, despite the fact that the Chargers have lost two games in a row. The offense not really where it looks to be. These are two really good defenses. I expect points to come at a premium. And in a game like that, I got to skew on the team that's got the better offense. And that's the Chargers. Let's take Los Angeles in Tennessee to beat the Titans. On the line, Tennessee is a two-point favorite at home, which I don't particularly understand. I would expect this game to be closer to a pick'em, but I will say thank you very much. Take those two points. Let's take the Chargers plus two. Total in the game set at 38 and a half points. I've got this game at like a mid-20. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game at all. These are two defenses that can play very good football. Even if Jayon Brown is missing for the Titans, and again, it's a groin injury, so who knows what that could be. But even if he is missing, again, you can't really put a lot of faith in the Chargers offense right now. I still do think it's enough that LA gets the win, but the game definitely stays under as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to stay way under 38 and a half points in Tennessee, Los Angeles. Let's go Chargers 16, Titans 8. Let's go to Seattle now where Russell Wilson will look to continue his MVP uh, candidacy in a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. Russell Wilson will have to do that without Will Disley at the tight end position as for a second straight season, he has suffered an early season, season-ending injury. Tight end Will Disley, he is done for the rest of the season. Believe he tore, full-on tore his Achilles. He injured his knee last year. Like His numbers have been great. We just got to get him staying on the field. He's almost like the new Evan Ingram. So they're going to have to do that without one of Russell Wilson's top pass receiving weapons this season. And that is going to be a tough order against a Baltimore Ravens team that has been very good at putting up points this season. The defense just kind of doing what it needs to do, but very good at scoring points. If this turns into a race, I just don't like Seattle's chances here, even though they're at home. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. Let's take Baltimore in Seattle, especially coming off the win, to beat the Seahawks. On the line, Seattle, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, which I totally understand, but I like Baltimore to win. Going to take those points. Let's take the Ravens, plus three-and-a-half in Seattle. Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. I've got this capped at a high 50, much like I did a couple games ago with Arizona and the Giants. So I feel pretty good about telling you to go over on this number, even though it's a big number. Let's go over 50 and a half points in Baltimore, Seattle. Let's go Ravens 33, Seahawks 25. Let's go to Dallas now where we see the much maligned Dallas Cowboys coming home to play a division game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia playing back-to-back road games coming off of a loss last week, convincing loss by the way, in Minnesota against the Vikings. Uh, Injury notes on both sides here. For Dallas, I mean, you got to look no further than at the wide receiver position. Amari Cooper re-aggravating an injury that's kind of been dogging him for a little while, allegedly. So, I mean, if he's not able to play, he is one of the top receivers in football this season. That takes a gigantic weapon away against a very suspect Philadelphia Eagles defense. And on Philadelphia's side, Jason Peters, he may not play in this game. I've still got a skew on Dallas because they're the home team and assuming Amari Cooper does wind up playing this Philly defense. I simply don't trust it. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys here. Let's take Dallas to beat Philly. On the line, Dallas are three-point favorites at home, and I totally get it. We're going to lay those points. It's a relatively small price to pay. Let's take Dallas minus three at home against the Eagles. 
On the line, the total is 48 and a half points. I've only got this thing capped at around a mid 40. So it's a, a little bit of a sweat, but I honestly think this game stays under the total. So we're going to stay under 48 and a half points in Dallas, Philadelphia. Let's go Cowboys 28, Eagles 18. Cowboys can still play some defense. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for this quick week seven episode is the New England Patriots on the road in New York division matchup to take on the Jets. And you're going to notice I'm really in no hurry to talk about this game because, I mean, it's the Patriots. The Patriots are doing incredible things on the defensive side this season. They're only allowing eight points a game. It's ridiculous. It's almost unprecedented. Now, look, the Jets, they did their job last week. They won a game that I thought they had no business winning against Dallas. That was good for them. They get to stay at home, which is also good for them. What's bad for them is it's the New England Patriots. I think Sam Darnold will have an okay game, but I, I there's no money to be made betting against that defense in New England. So we're on the Patriots here in a big, bad way. Let's take New England in New York to beat the Jets. On the line, the Jets are nine and a half point dogs at home, and it is 100% completely justified. The New England Patriots, you're getting them less than 10 points. Lay those points and don't think twice about it. Let's take New England minus the nine and a half. Total in the game set at 42. I've got this at like a mid to high 30. So I still feel pretty good. Although I said this last week with the Patriots, but I still feel pretty good about staying under on this one. We are going to go under 42 points in New England, New York. Let's go Patriots 34. And I'm going to give the Jets a field goal. Three. I'm going to give myself a little bit of extra time on the last four picks here. I'm going to go a minute and a half rather than a minute. Let's kick off with the bronze pick where I'm only two and four straight up and only one and five against the spread and over under. Got to start turning this around. My bronze pick sees the Chicago Bears at home playing host to the New Orleans Saints. Bears come into this football game off of their bye week. The Saints played on the road last week, winning that game last week. Uh, that was in Jacksonville, sorry. They won that game 13-6. to The Bears did lose last time out heading into their bye week, but should find opportunities against a New Orleans Saints defense to move the ball and put up a couple of points. And if there's any team in football that badly needs a game to try to restore a little bit of offensive confidence, it's certainly the Chicago Bears. Only 87 points scored in five games. Now, this Bears team was never going to be an offensive juggernaut, but they should be able to do better than that. I would say between these two teams... Saints definitely have the better offense. I would argue the Bears have a much, much, much better defense, even though the best singular defensive player might just play on the New Orleans Saints, that being Marshawn Lattimore, probably making a good case for Defensive Player of the Year through the first, uh, what, third of the season. But we're going to go with the Chicago Bears here, and it's kind of a situational thing. Bears off the bye, Saints on back-to-back -back roadies having won last week. That trend is starting to turn around a little bit. We are going to take the Chicago Bears at home to beat the Saints. On the line, the Bears are only laying three points as the home favorite. Chicago minus three. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay those three points on the Chicago Bears on the defense and take Chicago minus three. 
Total in the game set at 38 and a half points. I've only got the game capped at like a high 20 because I don't trust the Bears offense and the Saints defense has shown to be a little porous uh, on the season so far. So we are going to stick under the 38 and a half point total. Let's go. Chicago 17, New Orleans 11. Bears straight up. We're going to hammer the Bears minus three against the spread in a game that stays under 38 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. My silver pick where I found my most success this season of any pick, four and two straight up and even money three and three against the spread and over under, sees the Cincinnati Bengals at home playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now this might seem like a weird pick for yours truly to put in this spot, but I feel like it's another spot that we can take advantage of. Cincinnati, they got beat last week in Baltimore. Obviously no shame in that one at all. Uh, Jacksonville, they did get beat by the New Orleans Saints, but that's a better football team, much better football team than they're going to be playing this week. And I felt like the Jags hung with them the entire way. Now you could say the same about Cincinnati against Baltimore, but you look at these two teams, it should be fairly obvious which of the two is the better team. If you ask me which of these offenses I trust more, I'm going to lean on the side of Minshew Mania and Leonard Fournette. If you ask me which of these two defenses I trust more, it's certainly not the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I, I see one team that I have at least a little bit of faith in, even though they're on the road, and one team that I have absolutely none. It's relatively simple for me. We're going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road, although I do shudder a little bit in saying that. Jags on the road in Cincinnati to keep Cincinnati winless. On the line, the Bengals are three-point dogs at home. I kind of expected this number to be maybe even a little bit higher than this. So if I only have to lay the three points on who I basically know is the better football team right now, I think I'll go ahead and do that. Let's take the Jags minus three in Cincinnati. Total in the game set at 43.5 points. I've got this game capped at a low 40, pretty darn close to this number, but I think it's enough that it's worth the sweat to say that this game stays under the 43.5 point total. Again, very little faith in the Cincinnati Bengals, and my faith in Jacksonville is uh, certainly selective at best. So we're going to stay under the 43.5 point total in Cincinnati, Jacksonville. Let's go Jags 27, Bengals 15. Jacksonville straight up. We're going to hammer Jacksonville minus three against the spread in a game that stays under the 43.5 point total. That is the silver pick. My gold pick where I am 5-1 straight up this season but still winless against the spread at 0-6. Let's change that this week for the love of God, please. And I'm even money on the totals at 3-3. Three and three. Sees the San Francisco 49ers in Washington to take on the Redskins. San Francisco on the back half of back-to-back -back road games. They did win last week, won relatively convincingly, as I said they would against the Los Angeles Rams. Washington, kudos to them. They came up with the win in the toilet bowl, a one-point victory, 17-16 against Miami, in a game that at some points it seemed like neither one of these teams actually wanted to win. And I talked about it earlier. What did I say the subtitle of this episode was? Like, don't think, just pick. You've got a Redskins team that beat the worst team in football, basically, by a single point, And now they have to play 
one of the best teams in football. That's probably the best team in the NFC. And I think anybody that was saying that in the preseason was probably at least a little delusional. But look, clock's right twice a day, even if it's broken. So I think they probably are the best team in the NFC. I don't think Washington has anything for San Francisco in this game. So I'm very heavily on the 49ers. Let's take San Francisco to beat Washington. On the line, Washington is a 10-point dog at home, and even 10 points, and I think, honestly, I think it's pretty justified with the way, especially the Niners' defense has been playing. I will be real interested to see whether the Redskins can move the ball at all on this 49ers' defense. I certainly have my reservations about that. I'm going to lay those points. It seems like a lot. Uh, that seems like a lot. Wait till you see the platinum pick. But 10 points, it seems like a lot. I, I understand it, though, so I'm, I'm going to lay the points. Let's take the Niners, minus 10 in Washington. Total in the game set at 41.5 points. I've got it capped at a high 30. I don't think Washington scores a lot of points. I think San Francisco scores plenty. We're going to stay under the 41.5 point total in San Francisco, Washington. I'm going to go with the 49ers, 34, and the Redskins, uh, let's go 6. Niners straight up, we're going to hammer the Niners, minus 10 against the spread in a game that stays under 41.5 points. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick, where I am 5-1 and one straight up, but only 2-4 and four against the spread and 1-5 and five on the totals, sees the Buffalo Bills at home playing host to the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I am picking on the Miami Dolphins here, so sue me. The Buffalo Bills enter this game off of their bye, having won two weeks ago last time out. They sit at 4-1, and one, and that defense is humming along, only giving up 14 points a game, and they get to play a team this week that's barely scored 14 points all season. Maybe that's a bit of a caricature, but they're scoring less than 10 points a game while giving up, uh, let's see, 180 points in five games. That means a lot. Now, the Bills have only won one of their two home games this season, which does give me a little bit of pause. And then I remember, oh yeah, they're playing the Dolphins. I really have nothing else to say about this game. Obviously, you know where I'm going with it. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. So I will take my final 28 seconds to ask you a question. Which team do you legitimately think is the worst team in football? I'm assuming it's got to be the Miami Dolphins. But Cincinnati's making a hell of a case. They're at 0-6. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to the NFC. I mean, the Skins are 1-5, even though they just beat Miami. Uh, the Falcons are 1-5. There's, there's a couple of options for you. Anyway, Buffalo rolls. On the line, and this is what I was talking about, the Bills are favored by 16.5 points. Which, as soon as I looked at that, I was like, oh, well, they're not worth that. And then I was like, oh, but they're playing Miami. So I guess maybe they kind of are. It's, oh boy. I don't think the offense that the Bills has justifies this. It's a coin flip for me, but I can't bring myself on an empty stomach to bet with the Dolphins against the spread. Um, yeah, let's lay the points. Take Buffalo minus 16 and a half. Don't think, just pick. Buffalo minus 16 and a half.
Total in the game is set at 39 points. I don't know that the Dolphins score any on this Buffalo uh, defense. It's tough for me to call a shutout, but I mean, there you go. I've only got the game capped in a mid-30, maybe pushing a high 30, but I do think this thing stays under. We're going to go under 39 points in Miami-Buffalo. We're going to take Bills 34, Miami... I can't, I can't call a shutout. Let's go three. 34-3, Buffalo. Bills straight up, hammering the Bills minus... 16 and a half against the spread and I had to do that for comedic effect in a game that stays under 39 points that is your platinum pick there you go folks those are your abbreviated week 7 picks for the 2019 NFL season and it is time now for the patented comment of the week we always have time for that the comment of the week this week and you know what I gotta give it to him because he's won my pick and pull two weeks in a row so why not give him the comment of the week too comment of the week from the week six video goes to Matthew Parker and he made a heck of a call here I don't trust the Chargers any further than I can throw them it's why I took Denver to beat them last week even though the Broncos were 0-4 and as it turns out the Chargers weren't exactly worth trusting last week. So you know what? You made the call, Matthew. I was dumb and thought, hey, third string quarterback, there's no way Pittsburgh beats them. And they just went right out there and beat them. So look, good call, Matthew. And because of that, yours is the comment of the week from the week six episode. There you go, folks. Week seven in the books. Again, I apologize for the, the the swiftness that we had to get through. Didn't get to half the information that I wanted to. Hopefully things will be back to normal next week. That's it for me, Justin. Bridgewater's finest on YouTube. Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Fueled, as always, by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease. Thank you very much for listening and watching and wherever you consume. We will see you again for week eight. Mm-hmm.